Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Jay here, Full-Time Devils. Welcome to the Full-Time Devils Manchester United podcast. I think it's episode 52. And as you can see, we're doing it a little bit differently. We're not in the studio, and I don't need to tell you why that is. So I'll introduce <laughs> everyone. It's like, this feels like a reunion, guys. This is like my one of my first ever Full-Time Devil experiences. I think us lot were all on a, on a, um, a Skype together. So we'll go around. Paul, Paul's here. How are we doing, Paul? I'm really good, thank you. As cheery as ever, mate. You're always that cheerful. I love it. It's what we need, man. It's carefully cultivated. <laughs> um, the infamous John Shin's here as well. Hey, what's going on, guys? John, I'm a bit disappointed. There's no door behind you for anyone to walk into. So <laughs> we can't relive my favourite ever full-time Devils moment, which I always bring up because it never gets old. Um, I'm last, but by no means least. It's Josh here. Josh, how are we doing, mate? Yeah, good man, good man. Lots of lots of time to now join these again. <laughs> this is what I love to hear. If there's one positive we can take from this horrible situation, it's that we can get you on more Skype calls with us. That's good. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> yes. Um, unfortunately, we don't have many games to talk about, but there's still loads going on with Manchester United, as always. Lots of rumours, lots of stories, um, lots of ifs and buts and maybes. Now, a big story this morning at the time recording was Odia Nigalo, who is my new favourite human being ever. Um, apparently, his Chinese club are offering him 400k a week to go back there next season, whenever next season may be. So I just wanted to get what, you, what your guys take on that. What do you think of that? Because we know he's a massive United fan, but we're not going to match those wages, if that is true, and it could well be. So would you think it's a case of thanks for everything and farewell? Yeah. Well, I, I think, I, oh yeah, sure. Josh, you could go. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say. First of all, I thought there was a new, like the the Chinese league was initially just chucking money at stuff, but then they had all these uh, regulations came in, so they couldn't do that anymore. So I wonder how true the stories are. But right, fair enough. But if they are true, then there's, <laughs> I wouldn't advocate for us to just chuck money at him and say no, stay. He's been great. Uh, and it's been awesome, breath of fresh air. He's clearly loving it at United, and we're loving him. But you just got to say thanks, mate. But we can't match that, uh, and he, you know that that's it, really. I mean, I'm not sure there's much else to discuss on that point, is there? <laughs> well, that's that. Then. This has been the full Sad Devils podcast. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> well, if I if I were to add a point to that, I think you know Odin Agallo, He has been great, but if there's one thing that we can learn from his signing is that. We have to we have to sign players that are a obviously fit for the squad, but we have to sign players that also want to be here. I mean, Odia Nagala was the spitting image of a player that genuinely, from the bottom of his heart, wanted to be here. And you can see from this the, the first minute that he's joined this club that every single minute he's cherishing like it's his last. And 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 that kind of energy, that kind of mentality, 
it's it's an infectious uh, I, i'm sorry i'm using the word infectious but it's it's an infectious level of positivity wow wow that job. we need wow no, job. too much that's too much mate sorry yeah, but in these times in these times oh uh, i'm so oh. sorry it's just been I really apologize on behalf of full-time bevels no it's been tough New York City. Yeah, it's it's nice to get to sit with you gentlemen and just chat about something bright for once because i've been so doom and gloom but on the yeah. side of odia nagal it's it's he he really exudes that positivity and and somebody like that is not only just a benefit in terms of goal scoring but he's a benefit to the squad overall and i think moving him on if if we can't match his wages it's perfectly reasonable but it's a it's a test it's 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 our test it's our sort of standard going forward in terms of who we pick up paul just before i get you in can i just ask you paul do you think there's a happy medium here do you think that okay we're not going to match 400k he's on 100k at the minute do you think we might offer him a little bit more where it's like, okay, say we give you 200. He's not the most highest paid player. <laughs> a lot of money. Yeah, let's, Taking a bit of a hit. Let's pay, let's, all right, so we appointed our temporary manager on the basis of a few good games, yeah. which I think has I was a great big advocate for, and I'm still glad it happened because my heart is more relevant than my head when it comes to football. Um, but the... Um, we have plenty of evidence that you probably shouldn't make massive financial <laughs> decisions on the basis of a handful of appearances. It's lovely that he loves don't the club. What, don't know what you mean. <laughs> it's lovely that he loves the club. It's lovely that he's absolutely buzzing to play for Man United. I would say that probably at least 95% of the players, if not more, that we've signed in the last number of years have been absolutely buzzing to play for Man United. Not quite the same level of enthusiasm as someone who's been a United fan since they were a little kid, but that can't be the only bar. We also have to be looking at quality. You can't pay. I mean, listen, be delighted to be wrong. Um, and he, he has done better than I expected him to do. Um, but, like, let's have a look at the teams he scored against. He scored a couple of bangers, but... Generally speaking, we've got a lot of data about Odia Nagalo's career and there's nothing about it that says he's a £200,000 a week Premier League player. I don't care. Like, yeah, I, I'm absolutely happy to be happy to be here, FC. Like, give him the money. Like, yeah, it's worth it for the Instagram stories alone. Like, <laughs> um, but, but yeah, it's not, it doesn't seem like a sensible decision. No, I mean, it's, it's a real shame for Odi Nagalo because I think, depending on how this pans out, we, you know, we don't even know if we're ever going to see him in a United shirt again. I'm not being melodramatic because we are in the great unknown here. Um, and he was the fresh air. He was loving it. He, and he, he almost did what he said on the tin. He, you know, as you mentioned there, Paul, I didn't expect Odi Nagalo to come in and start banging in hat-tricks against Manchester City. But when you've got Bruges or Lasco or someone like that and you need to give players a rest... He was coming in and he was doing a very good job. Absolutely. And his, you know, his, his, his attitude and his, his sort of demeanour and his enthusiasm, it was... I'm trying to find a word that I can use here. I, I nearly did John's thing of saying infectious. Um, it was endearing. And it, you did buy into that and, and I bought into it. But I get where you're coming from. And it's he's one of those that I think, if we didn't see him again, he'd sort of fall into that quiz question, cult heroes, Henrik Larson 11. Where you're the, like, nice, yeah, yeah, yeah. the nice thing yeah. about that is, imagine you're Odi Nagalo, and before your career finishes, you get to become an all-time cult hero at Man United. Like, yeah, that yeah. is pretty good. And um, not to be excessively cynical, but if he does leave now, that's guaranteed. Like, if he never plays for us again, I'd be sad. Um, but we're not going to have to witness what happened when he scored one Premier League goal in his last 16 games for yeah. Watford or whatever. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, his name will ring out forevermore. And He's then that's laugh as well thing, right? because go on, go on, Sorry. Josh. No, I was no, going to say on. even even if uh, he, he, you know, we were able to pick him up on a hundred k, I would argue that actually, you know, we signed him because he was a kind of stopgap. We needed him, and we needed the rest for some of the other guys and whatever. But now we sort of want to be building more long term and building, you know, that uh, building a squad around Ollie's let's say vision, right? Odia Nigallo, or whatever he I wants. I think that word is just, worse than I, just, I, really liked, I really liked the way you said, let's say vision, as if you were like struggling to be generous and going, okay, let's let's give well, him the credit and call it a vision. Yeah, yeah, but you know what I mean? Like he wants, yeah. you know, and Odia Nigallo is not, wasn't part of that, but I, I totally see why we got him on the last day in the January transfer window after all the injuries and stuff. But that 
isn't how we should build a. You could argue that isn't how we should build a squad going forward, right? So again, going back to Paul's point, all the po points that Paul made around, you know, you know, he, you know, he's already established himself as a cult hero, and actually, we don't want to see him decline, and and maybe, and you don't want to sign people on just on the base of like this short period, all of that, and then also this long term vision. You could argue actually, you just say thanks a lot, mate. You're always going to be we're always going to remember the stuff that you did and the fact that you did it with such great enthusiasm. But now we've got to go forward and we're building for for our kind of future for a title-winning squad. You know, I think it's funny is, I'm with you, Paul. I think we will hear Odie Nigalo's name being sung in the future. And he's played like a handful of games, scored against a few Europa League teams. And you'll have someone like, I don't know, Paul Pogba, who probably never get his name sung, who's played loads of games and all these players that have won things. But Odi Nogalo will be like a proper a proper cult hero. It was a bit of a boost as well. It's a nice little story as well, wasn't it, and the way it works out. And it was, you know, it came at the right time as well because we were just getting that run together and there seemed to be a lot of positivity about around United. We seemed to be getting that back. We were keeping clean sheets. We were getting good results. And, and he was a big part of that. So it was... It was it, it, it was what it was, and I think you're right. I think I've got to agree with you um, on the thing that it could end up being, you know, one in 16 league games or, oh, God, why have we kept him or why haven't we gone out and bought a striker in the summer and gone with him instead? So, the, the one uh, you little, know. Just tiny little thing to add for me is that the, the a fundamental basis of this decision is whether we're in the Champions League or the Europa League. I think there's a much better reason to keep him for a year or two if we're in the Europa League um, and you want to use European competition to rest players, then he's a really useful player to have. If we're going to be in the Champions League somehow next season, if they're, you know, whatever, um, then I would say that's when we have to say, like, thanks, this has been amazing, but and good luck in the future. One, one player we've been linked with for quite some time and there's... Sort of momentum seems to be gathering around this one for various reasons. Some of them may be accurate. Some of them are just nonsensical. But Jaden Sancho, um, he's been linked with United now for, I'm going to say about a year, maybe a bit longer. Um, almost since he left City, to be honest. I think there was always this rumour going around that United would one day go in for him and that he'd come back, or he'd come back to Manchester. Um, now, I know we can't look into Marcus Rashford's tweets because the England mates... But that's added a little bit. But you mentioned them anyway. Yeah, he adds, he adds a little <laughs> bit of intrigue, doesn't it? Because we're all bored as well. It's like, oh, look, this, you know, this is it. This is happening now. Look, Marcus has tweeted him and that, that means he's, he's definitely signing. Um, but we have heard these rumours. We've heard that United are going to make him a marquee signing, number seven shirt and all this sort of stuff. Um, John, I'll start with you. A, is it going to happen? And B, do you want it to? Um... Let's start with the second part. I, I want it to happen. I want it to happen. I think. I think. I think bringing in somebody like Jaden Sancho is crucial. You know, and it's. Uh, I think it also connects with the whole Odio Nagalo situation. Odio Nagalo's situation, the signing of uh, Igalo was perfect because Manchester United have been filled with all this negative news, negative press, negative image, and signing somebody like him was a was a stark reminder to the entire world what Manchester United almost. I hate to say it, but was, you know what I mean? It was a club that people were dying to sign. It was a club of massive quality. And I think we almost reinstated that, that, that feel good factor with somebody like a Gallo, you know, the goal contribution, whatever. But I think it was just the, 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 the feel good factor. Now signing somebody like Jason, Jaden Sancho, he's a young player. He's a, he's a, he's a British player. He's got massive quality. He seems to be going on, uh, you know, going along very well with, with his England mates. And I think that somebody like him is just another another signing in a positive direction i think uh, do we need him yes for sure and do we uh, will we sign him i think so i think we've been probably pecking at this Jaden sanchez story for a very very long time i'm usually i'm usually not the one to say oh we're going to sign somebody or we're not going to sign somebody but i think this is something that probably will happen i think this is probably a, a full-time devil's exclusive i never said that but i think this is something <laughs> that probably will happen do you know when he signs for Liverpool now? This is going to get clipped up, and that's going to that's going to be ran down your throat at every that's given fine. opportunity. I'd rather this I be clipped thought... up than my old man walking in with his boxing. I... I mean, that's gonna do that. <laughs> Listen, I'm not going to stop clipping that's that up, John. I'm not. Yeah, nothing you say, mate. It's my favourite ever thing. I'm sorry, <laughs> but it is. Um, I thought you were going to say, is it going to happen? I don't know. And you just went, is it going to happen? Probably, yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, oh shit, okay. He's gone straight in with that. Yeah. Mate, fair enough. Uh, Joshy, what do you reckon? Do you agree with John? Do you think it is going to happen? And do you want it to? 
uh, want it to look. I think what I would want to have happen is someone to come in on that to own that right side. We've not had that for a while, and I think that's what we need. Um, Matter has played there. Mason Greenwood's done really well there this season. Uh, Lingard's been played there. Uh, even Diogo Dalot has played a bit on that right hand side. And if we're looking at this kind of more like four three three, or that we we seem to be kind of building towards with Rashford. Uh, Martial or uh, you know in through the middle and then someone on that right he's a really good fit he he plays off that right he, he scores goals he makes goals he's young so he's around that kind of same age as, as, as Rashford um, obviously a bit younger than Martial but he's supremely talented and it would be that kind of signing that would that the, the forward three or the forwards ahead of the likes of Fernandez would be growing together as we go forward so that he fits in whether whether I necessarily only want him to be in that position is a different question, right? Because it's more about the fit for the team. And he does seem to be that fit. So for me, yeah, I would be really happy if we did sign him. Um, whether it will happen or not, I'm not going to go down John's route. I don't know if it will happen. We've been linked for a long time, lots of stories. But the other thing is we're in a, there's football downtime, right? So people are filling the pages with stories. So you don't know what, what's i actually you can never tell what's real and what isn't so um whether we will or not is is a different question i wonder and i think this may also be linked to the whole champions league thing next season that paul mentioned whether we're whether we're in the champions league or not because he's young enough to either if he really wants to join united he's young enough to have another year at dortmund and wait for us to come and he may make that decision to get that extra experience in champions league or um he may decide actually i want to go he's and he's good enough actually to say i'm going to hit somewhere else uh, so if he doesn't necessarily specifically want United. So it, I think that will be a, something that will be um, an important factor in his decision-making as to whether he actually comes to United. Paul, do you agree? Um, listen, as people that listen to our podcast know, I the thing I like least about football is transfer speculation, which is ironic because <laughs> it, it seems to be the reason that people engage with football for the most part. Um, so, like so the, the reason I bother with football. Is <laughs> yeah, I, don't the, even like the, I don't even like the matches. The extent to which people prefer the transfer talk to the matches is very evident in the numbers, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> like, I know, it's so annoying, isn't it? It's like, yeah, it's, it's horrible. You know, we've, we've done like documentaries on like the Busby Babes and no one's watched it. And we've got like Halson <laughs> sat in front of a green screen going, we're going to sign someone and it's got through the roof it's just yeah people just love transfer yeah. news uh, so my opinion is that Jaden Sancho is good at football he'd be a great fit for United uh, but I but I also think um, oh, we're absolutely crazy to be talking about the transfer market this summer like who knows what's going to happen in the next few months with football football clubs could decide hey instead of spending hundreds of millions of pounds and shedding that around the top clubs. How about we like prop up the football pyramid that might be about to collapse? There's, there's a lot of conversations that we don't know what's going to happen yet. So, uh, so whether it will happen or not, I have genuinely no idea about whether Edward would be absolutely buzzing his head off to spend as we, one of our listeners um, said, is Edward Wood going to spend the next three months while there's no football negotiating Borussia Dortmund down from 120 million to 120 million for Jaden Sancho? <laughs> um, I'm sure he'd be buzzing to try that. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'd love to see him in a United shirt because he's such an exciting, such an incredibly talented player. But that, yeah, no opinion about whether it'll happen or not right now. No, I, I get where you're coming from as well. Listen, we all know everyone's got sort of there's a great unknown we've all got bigger fish to fry in terms of what's going on with our lives but obviously these are massive talking points at the minute for United um, remains to be seen does anyone care about the sort of the, the Greenwood situation there is anyone thinking no because we've got Mason and I think this season he's going to kick on or even Dan James or are we just thinking there's plenty of room for everyone well Dan James I definitely don't care about not in a nasty <laughs> yeah. way like he's, no, he's, fair enough. he's a good fair lad enough. and, and yeah. he's he's worked really really hard um, and he might develop into a player of real quality we'll see um, Mason Greenwood is going to be if he stays at United he's going to be you can clip this up Mason Greenwood's going to be an absolute superstar. Mason Greenwood is unbelievable. You cannot stop Mason Greenwood. doesn't matter who comes in the squad. The only thing you'll do by, if you block up the route too much, um, you'll force him to go and be a superstar somewhere else. Mason Greenwood is the truth. Like, he's 
the, the level of quality is unbelievable in a player that young. Yeah. Um, but I think also it doesn't do him any harm to be fighting to break into a team right now because it's very hard to be that talented and keep your head screwed on. So, yeah. Um, and look, I think he's someone who will welcome that kind of quality coming into the side. And not uh, just everyone in the in the club, right, will want quality coming into the team. And I'm not worried about Mason Greenwood if we sign Jaden Sancho because he's so good. I mean, he's... It's unbelievable. When you watch him play, the swagger he's got in with his technique, both feet, he's not going to be um, stopped by anyone, right? So if we sign Jaden Sancho and Mason Greenwood goes up a level and, dro- and Sancho's dropped, I'm all right with that, right? If, he, if we sign Jaden Sancho and, and um, he ups his level through the middle and Martial is jo- dropped, you know what? This is the this is the kind of the de- the decisions managers want to be able to make, like this type of quality in the side, and we've seen it as United fans over the last thirty years. We've had quality, um, and and you just got to find a way to manage the the team. It's a different problem than what we had at the beginning of trans- uh, transfer window in January, where we had nobody, right? And we'd I'd rather be in the problem where we've got so much quality that they're all fighting it out than in the problem where we're now going, oh, we should have signed Jadon Sancho. Four four two. Four four. Oh, good old days. Remember that? I do. We've been watching old games for to find something to talk about on our show. And like, yeah, Rashford on the left, Sancho on the right, Greenwood and Martial up top. You know what? Hashtag bring back the nineties. My my favourite team was ninety three to ninety four. I love that team. Honestly, I absolutely. Those games were just epic. Every game was just. It was, you know, it was proper back, end-to-end stuff and Kinshelski and Giggs and, and Sharp and Hughes and Canada, uh, Keenan's in the middle. I, I can go on, but I won't. Uh, John, seeing as you're adamant that Jaden Sancho is a done deal, how is this going to affect Mason Greenwood? <laughs> Look, I think I think Josh really hit the nail on the head. It's uh, As a manager, you're, you, you'd rather be sitting there with a positive headache than without than a negative one. You don't want to be sitting there with a... a, a a load of just absolute, just subpar trash players thinking, what do I have to do to get the next three points? Then which of these players are more raring to go with the level of quality that we have? And, you know, as funny as it is and as ironic as it is, when we first signed Angel Di Maria, I absolutely hate that snake. But when we signed Angel Di Maria, <laughs> everybody was absolutely just so excited because we're bringing in a level of quality that we've not had for quite some time prior to that moment. And he got ousted by Ashley Young. And, you know, Ashley Young had, you know, he obviously had his horrible decline. And obviously this is a very wild take. But in that moment, we needed Ashley Young. He was a very versatile, very utility type defensive player that we needed. And he pretty much pushed Angel Di Maria out of the team. You know, and I'm not saying <laughs> Ashley Young is to make So you're saying work. Ashley Young's better than Angel Di Maria? <laughs> no, I'm not. After you've no, confirmed that Jaden Sancho is signing for you. Now, John. This is just exclusive heaven for us here on full-time devils. I've never heard anything like this. He's let your dad walk in. (laughs) (laughs) Let's let's dad when I need him. Hey, quick, save me, Dad. I'm saying I'm saying that's the other better than Maria. The Maria. Help me. Get into me. What is isolation? What I'm trying to maybe I'm losing my mind. I haven't spoken to somebody in two weeks. Maybe maybe I've been socially distanced for like 14 days. I don't know what the fuck's going on. But What I'm trying to say is, what I'm trying to say is, it's pretty much supplement to what Josh is saying is that bringing in somebody like Jaden Sancho is not going to do any any harm at all. If anything, it's going to push everybody else to do to to do more, and it's going to increase the level of quality and the competition in the squad that we so need. No, you're right. I mean, um, Steve made a point previous on shows when you know when um, we signed Martial and we had Rashford and I think we had Rooney and we had. You know, going further back when we had obviously Ollie and Sheringham and, and Cole and York, you always have options, you always have people fighting for places. And if we do have aspirations of being a club that is eventually going to challenge for the title and challenge for the Champions League and win trophies, you're going to need more than just children to play in the cup games. You're going to need, you know, you're going to need options and you're going to get injuries as well. Um, and the likes of Greenwood and Rashford to a lesser extent. Um, and Martial to a lesser extent, they can move ac- across the front three. You know, Mason Greenwood, I think you could stick him in goal, to be honest with you. The guy, <laughs> the kid's got, 
he's got everything. I'm just I'm trying really hard not to get too giddy about Mason Greenwood. No, get giddy, get giddy. I'm he's, two steps away is, from declaring, you know, no, he's the Ballon d'Or he winner in the next the best, five years. He's just he's the best young player I have ever seen. Right in turn with my own two eyes, like he is so good it's when he bulks up and get like he's already good enough to be in the premier league right it's just a case of yeah. making sure we don't burn him out um <clears throat> but once he bulks up and is fully physically kind of in his frame he's going to be an absolute nightmare an absolute nightmare for for defenders and he he if he's managed correctly and he's supported with quality around him get giddy trust me this boy is he is so good it's unbelievable what I liked what you said there before, Joshy, about Greenwood was it's almost like we feel we've got to be good enough for him. <laughs> like, we've got to have a team that is good enough to keep him around, not the other way around where he's got to prove he's good enough for Manchester United. It's like we've got to justify to this guy who's going to reach the very top level that we're getting there as well. And that's what I love. I think, because I, I agree with that, I think we do. I think that he could go anywhere in a few years, any club in the world would have him. Um, and we've got to be at that level where we're like we're challenging because he isn't the type of player that's going to be or deserves to be scrapping around for if, top four. But if there was right. any inclination right now that he wanted to leave United, he would have a pick of clubs. No club in the world is going to go. Every club in the world will want him, right? We're talking Real Madrid, Barcelona. They would want him 100%. right now. If there was any inclination that he wanted to leave, he is that good. And uh, I don't mind getting giddy about it. I mean, you know, obviously you can't predict what happens in the future, but in terms of his talent now and his age, and if you look at how he could go, he's, he's, his trajectory is to the top. Do you, do you think, genuinely, right, serious question, do you think he can reach Ashley Young levels? <laughs> right. was, was, that's, that's the thing that I need to... Can he get to, like, he might that not, level? He might, not, he might not be able to reach Ashley Young levels of excellent public service announcements, because Ashley Young's in a, no, in a league fair, of his own in that, that regard. Is... That guy's a legend. That was that was impressive and depressing at the same time. Where yeah. Ashley Young speaking more sense than some of the people that are elected officials. Sure. But you're right. No, fair play to Ashley Young. I actually like Ashley Young. I'm not being harsh on him. You know my thoughts. I don't want to get into old stuff. Great servant. Did his job. I get where John's coming from. Had a decline, but um, I'm glad that things are working out for him at Inter, despite everything that's going on. Obviously, uh, another player we've been linked with is Jude Bellingham. Um, thoughts. <laughs> Start with you, Paul. They love him round here. So I live in Birmingham. He's yep. absolutely bluffed. You know, the rapper JK, He every time Jude Bellingham scores, he puts on his Instagram another 10 million um, on the price. Because, yeah, he's uh, he's a, a very promising young player. I've not seen nearly enough of him to make an informed comment. Yeah. Just on that, that ever... <laughs> go on, Josh. No, I was saying the only comment I can make is... Is, is exactly that he's, he seems to be coveted but I don't know enough about him at all to be honest I would, the only thing I would say is he's what 16 years old right yeah so this is one way for, for the future right? as good as he might be it's at least to I mean I, I don't know actually he might be so good that he's ready for the prem I don't know but um, you've got to think about his physical development as well mental kind of strength and things like that so that this is one for the future no matter what we pay, we may end up paying for him, or any club does. So, so that's all I would really say. I'm not. I don't know anything about him as a footballer. I haven't watched him play. John, just on that, you know, you look at Sancho, you look at Bellingham, two players we've been strongly linked with. You know, there's been a lot of smoke to this that makes you think there may be a bit of fire. Um, do you think we need to start looking at experienced players as well? Because it's all like you know, teenagers FC, which is great. But do you think we need to? not just be looking at bringing in youngsters, but players that do have that experience if we are to have aspirations of challenging for titles sooner rather than later. Sure, I think so. I, I, you know, I think I think you always need a healthy balance of experience and youth. You know, that's always been uh, one of the recipes for success. But I think in all his vision or in, in terms of what we're being fed to by the press is that we're looking at youth and we're looking at more younger signings. Obviously, given the whole situation that we find ourselves in uh, around the world, maybe there's just been a lack of news or lack of transfer activity, if you will. But um, we definitely, you know, with respect to experience, we definitely need experience. Um, but if I were to play the sort of devil's advocate and let's say, hypothetically speaking, uh, if we were if we were to sort of make a basis that we weren't looking for youth uh, experience and we were just looking for youth, maybe perhaps Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is relying on the current level of experience that he has right now and trying to sort of 
figure out its use situation because we're looking at somebody like Sancho, we're looking at somebody like Jude Bellingham, but within the club itself, we already have lots of problems or rather sort of questions with respect to youth. You know, we still haven't figured out what we want to do with Angel Gomez. We still haven't figured out what's going on with Chong. You know, yes, we signed him on a contract, but you know, they're they're not as clear in terms of what they bring to the squad. You know, we're, it's not fully understood as to what Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has in mind with these guys. So bringing in these youth might be able to sort of push us into a one step further direction with respect to youth. Um, and maybe that might be a reason why we're not leaning too much on the experience end because he might be just gambling and saying, look, we have enough experience in the squad. But I personally think that it's just simply because we probably not heard enough. I think they're definitely looking at more experienced players. We need to be in the market for an experienced uh, experience player anywhere across the pitch right now. Um, I take any player right now. Uh, but overall, you need a healthy balance of youth and experience for any squad to succeed, period. Just looking, I know it's difficult to look too far ahead because we're, we, we don't know what's going to happen. But with the run we've had recently, with the fact we've got Marcus Rashford to come back, Paul Pogba, we don't know what's going to happen with him. He might stay. If he stays, fantastic. If he goes, we can spend that money on another midfielder, hopefully. Um, and the players we've been linked with. When the season, Say we're going into next season. Say next season starts in August. Let's just say for that for a hypothetical. How confident are you with the way things have been going and the players we've been linked with that next season could be a good one? Well, if I was uh, if I were to say in terms of levels of confidence, just purely based off where we left off, I'd say we're, I'd be pretty optimistic. You know, we've been let down so many times since Sir Asperger has retired. I have nothing to lose at this point. I mean, I've just <laughs> I've, I'm about to be clipped up saying Ashley Young was better than Angel Di Maria. So oh, I oh yes, you are. Yes, I you literally are. have nothing to lose. If, given this, <laughs> if if we're just basing off of where we left off before this this situation occurred. Bruno Fernandes was killing it. McTominay had returned. Rashford was leading the line. You know, um, we looked we looked really good in the back. Uh, Aaron Wan-Bissaka was killing it. It was a slide tackle genius. You know, we looked solid. We looked decent. We had Pogba returning. We had Eric Bailly sort of returning. Just based off of that um, level of positivity, I'd be super excited going into the next season just because I think should Paul Pogba return, I think he could definitely and, and should he stay, I think he'll definitely add a level of quality and level of death and a level of experience that we've been missing for quite some time since his injury and things of that nature. I just, I'd be I'd be super excited. Um, Josh, here going to you. Confident going into the new season if things sort of work out know. the way we hope in terms of signings and players coming back. Would you feel that I'm scared to say a title challenge, but I don't know, a closer to a title challenge, should we say, than we've been. <laughs> I have to sit on a fence slightly here because people <laughs> go, are you deluded with 37 points behind the Scousers? Uh, yeah, what is wrong so, with you? Which I, I get. I but... think there's... Look, I, I would be... I, would, I think the, I wouldn't be... I wouldn't say I'm, I would be confident of any kind of uh, title challenge at all. I think we're... I've, I've maybe become a little bit more sceptical given the last six years, seven years, you know, that we, we've seen. We've seen kind of a few highs and then they've dropped down again and now we're seeing signs. But the thing is, it feel, it does feel different, uh, this last little run that we've had. It feels a bit more like it's a... There's a bit of more. There's a bit more substance behind it as opposed to just a kind of... Uh, we've, we've just been, you know, like a new manager bounce or we've been just totally fluking a couple of wins or whatever it might it does feel a little bit different so i would say i'd be i'd be yeah, i would definitely be excited about going into the new season less like last if you look at the beginning of last season not the one that's just kind of paused it was a bit i was a bit less i was there was a bit more trepidation you know jose Mourinho was going on about he didn't get the signings he wanted going into that i was a bit more like oh okay i, I feel a little bit like jose is going to do something here and it did happen um but this year if if for example some, let's forget this season that's paused. It may be finished, it may not be. But if we go into the next season and we've got for, you know, a couple of players in that are quality and, and the squad is retained um, and there's, there's still this feeling of positivity around it, I, I mean, I'm just be, I'd be excited about the new season and we'll see what we can do because we, are, we seem to be finding a bit of consistency at the back. We've got, we seem to be getting a bit more control in midfield and a lot more penetration up front in terms of goals. You can't really ask for more. There is a bit of progress there, but I wouldn't go as far as to say title challenge or anything like that because it's just got to be a bit, just a little bit beaten down after the last few years of uh, 
ups and downs and 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 a, a few false dawns. So, but definitely excited to go and, uh, to go watch the games and watch them on telly. I'm sorry. Before before uh, Paul says anything, I just wanted to add like it, it, excitement isn't about your standards. I mean, if your standard is every single season for Manchester United, you have to win the league. I think that's just I don't know. I feel like you're just kind of putting yourself down for no reason. For me, excitement comes with the level of progress that we've seen, the the positivity around the club. Everybody has different standards, and that's what I mean with respect to excitement. You know what we're, yeah, what's yeah, yeah. been brewing exactly, and I think Joshy touched on that a bit. I think what's been brewing on at the club and 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 the 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 substance that we're actually finally seeing somebody like Bruno Fernandes, a quality midfielder signing that's really orchestrating everything. Things are sort of started starting to click left, right, and center. That's what I mean with respect to excitement. If we go on on you know a ten win streak, that's a hella exciting moment. If we lose a few games, sure, it's not the it's not exciting, but you know just just seeing that progress in itself is the overall sort of excitement that uh, that I was referencing. No, I like what you say now because. I mean, going back to my earlier statement where I made about the 93-94 team, that wasn't the best United team probably in terms of quality, but it was the most exciting to watch in terms of the games. Um, and, you know, I do feel excited going into the next season, whenever that may be. Maybe more excited than I've been in, in the past when we've had dominant seasons, you know, when we've had the, the sort of the, the really strong teams. Because that feels like, I don't know, with, with the likes of Bruno, with, with some of the players that, that Ollie's brought in. Um, Paul... I know we're all sort of cautious and about next season, whatever. But in terms of players, how far off do you think we are? Because when you look at it and you think, okay, defensively, we've been doing all right recently. Midfield, if we can keep Pogba, I mean, you know, how many how far how many players do you think we need to bring in before we start saying, yeah, where we need to be? Uh, no, I don't think it's about players really. I, I think it's about um, I want to see some evidence of something other than a brief period of uh, good form so in the run that we're on since we lost to Burnley which let's face it we lost to Burnley at home that was not so long ago and it was really doom and gloom and things have been really turned around since then and I would say that in that there's been uh, two really good performances that count against Chelsea and City both of which are games that that we've been doing really well under Ole. Uh, against big teams all the way through and the problems have been against smaller teams we've also turned over a number of smaller teams but um, like the Watford game where we won 3-0 the first half of that game was absolutely dreadful Um, one of the games in this undefeated uh, streak was the second leg of the game against City which we'd kind of already lost the game really so it was a bit of pride that we were playing for in that this run hasn't been like we lost that 0-0 draw with Wolves one of the worst games you'll ever hope to see in your life a few weeks ago Um, now there's been a a real uptick and Bruno Fernandes this is the thing it's like Bruno Fernandes has been the architect of the uptick effectively Um, the what I want to see is that Solskjaer can keep the squad together, motivated, believing in him. I want to see his game management improving. I think we have seen some signs of stuff behind. Fan coverage is really limited. Like, we do this all the time. We have fun. We talk to each other. We love speculating about United and being involved and chatting about United. But none of us really know None of us really know what's going on behind the scenes. What's the collective like? We can kind of get a sense of it. And I'd say my sense of it is um, we're a long, long, long way off being a team that can win league titles because um, we need to, because we're 37 points off. And and, and that is not nothing. You, you, it seems to me that it's going to be likely that it's incremental you want to look for it to be incremental. So I'm buzzing about next season. Uh, but honestly, at this point, I'm buzzing about next season because that will mean that 70,000 of us can gather and we can sing songs together and we can enjoy communality and um, the the real positive side of being part of a collective that, you know, in, invests in something outside of ourselves for fun, you know. Um, so, like, that's that's the thing that I'm genuinely excited about whether United win the league or not honestly at this point and I guess if I was 20 years younger I might feel differently about this because I'd be like all these 40 year olds going they've seen enough league titles and they're happy I haven't seen (laughs) enough league titles I've I saw every one of Alex Ferguson's league titles like you know I was 22 years old when we won the treble like this is um like 
I've seen it and done it. So for me, I'm sated in terms of winning stuff. I want the team to be a team that I can emotionally invest in. That's why I don't care how bad, I don't care how many points fewer we've got. I'll take Oli being the manager over Jose every single day of the week and twice on Sundays because, I, you know, you can care about the team in a different way. So I'm very optimistic about next season in terms of us being a collective and enjoying it. I'm hoping that, yeah, I, I see where you're coming from, Paul, and I'm hoping that we do get a bit of perspective after what's happened and we can. I don't want to get all smaltzy and deluded and I know people are going to moan and argue and, you know, in a year's time, we'll probably be having a debate about whether Ollie should be sacked or whatever. But it would be nice if people could just, like, get behind the team, come together, say, listen, we've been through this horrible time. We've got a manager we all love, regardless of whether we think he's the right man. We've got players that are coming through the ranks. Let's, you know, let's try and sort of be united, for want of a better word. Honestly, um, and what is wrong with being schmaltzy? Like, why do we care about uh, football? Is it just because you want the thing that you've decided to support to be the team that wins everything? Or is there something bigger than that? And and what you've just said, that that's exactly where my heart's at. And I think right now we could all do with a bit of emotionality and a bit of warmth and kindness and those kinds of things. There's nothing wrong with any of that. No, not at all. I think you're right. And I think, you know when the season does start as well. It's going to be very, very emotional for a multitude of, uh, of reasons. And one thing, just on the subject that we're talking about, Ollie, um, what have you made um, of the, the the changes you made in terms of getting rid of some of these players? We keep talking about players that are coming in, but the squad has shifted so much over the last 12 months. It's been pretty amazing, really, yeah, how many said- players he's got rid of and brought in as well. It, you know, I didn't expect him to do so much so so quickly. What have you made of that? Start with you, Paul. What have you made of that? He's not got rid of a single player I'd have kept. Like I, I, I think every single one of the players he's got rid of, he was right to get rid of. And even Ashley I, Young, uh, uh, the best, well, the best, the best winger um, we've had, I, the best number seven we've ever had, or we never had. <laughs> um, I have a lot of affection for Ashley Young, but I will grant yeah. that he's probably better. He doesn't play for us. Um, but the the, uh, the yeah, I think every single one. Like I, I think, like he said, the squad's kind of unrecognisable, and mostly he's kept. Oh, actually, there is one. I wouldn't have. And, uh... I would have. Yeah, exactly. I hope. I would have hoped that the club kept under, but I don't think it was the worst thing in the world to look to move. I think it was handled badly, and he wasn't replaced. But well, could I just say one thing, right? And I'm not ITK. And I, I wear that on my as a badge of honour. I am the least ITK person you'll ever know. But I've had it from so many people that Ollie wanted to keep Herrera. Exactly. It wasn't, it wasn't his decision. Exactly. It was a combination was... of the club messing up and and Herrera just going, you know what, I'm going, I've had a better offer and I'm, I'm not happy with the way I've been treated. So I, I'd, I'd almost give Ollie a pass on that one. I really would. And Me again. Too. You know, it's not me being, oh, I've made down a chippy so minute. Literally, <laughs> almost any journalist that I trust and anyone associated with a club that I trust has said the same thing. So it'd it's be very, amazing if that wasn't true. It's very obvious, isn't it? it you know, um, like I said, we, we don't know the deep truths of the things behind the scenes. But this one, you just put the pieces together and you go, no, this was a contract mess up. This was classic Woodward. Like, that's all this was. Um, but... Like Lukaku, you could argue there was a role for, but I think it it's absolutely the right thing to do to move on from him because you're looking to build something. There might be a bit of short-term pain to that, but, but it was it's a worth role, it in the long run. It was a role that he didn't want to play, I think. It, it's not exactly. that we were desperate to keep him. We were, I think we would have kept him, but only as a backup if he wanted to stay. And I think that that's where it was. He didn't want to play that role. A bit of a, Basically, what Odi Gallo is doing now is probably what... Ollie had earmarked for Romelu Lukaku. It's just that he didn't want to do that, and and he shouldn't. A... Like he, no, 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 Gallo no, no, should I... come and like have a good time because he's at the end of his career. <laughs> he Man United, but Romelu Lukaku yeah. should be banging him in for a top club somewhere, but yeah, not yeah, us. Yeah. So yeah, yeah I th- I think he's done by far the best job of any manager post Ferguson in terms of moving players out. Josh, you just, you know you mentioned Lukaku. We've mentioned Herrera. Some of the others, like Sanchez, fucking no-brainer. What about Chris Smalling? That's a, it's a strange one, that, because he's now being linked with Arsenal. And I'll be honest with you, I'm worried. Because I wouldn't want to see him go to Arsenal, because I think he's actually a decent defender. And we might be vying for the same positions. I don't. I know he's not like the greatest defender we've ever had or whatever, but 
he could strengthen for Arsenal, and I don't think we should be doing that. That's my point. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. Smalling, I think he, he made, he, he just had too much. He had a mistake in him, right? That was always there was always a mistake in him. But yeah, I think he was a solid defender. I think he gave everything when he played, but he was always a mistake in him. And I, I don't think he, he's not good enough on the ball. I wouldn't be worried if he went to Arsenal. I, I, I wouldn't be worried at all. I, I, I don't see him as a. He's not a top quality. Uh, he's not a top tier defender. I think he's solid. And he's sort of reliable to a point, but he doesn't elevate a defense. Uh, and we're seeing that in, in, in Italy now, right? It's not like he's ultra consistent. He is making mistakes out there as well. Um, bit, and- to be fair, though, mate, he's, I mean, one thing I disagree a bit is that his time at Roma, the, the Roma fans absolutely love him. And yeah, he, yeah. He, I think he was like 11th, or he just missed out on being ranked in the top 10 Roma players of all time. I know people are giddy because he's playing now. <laughs> and those yeah. those sort of polls are yeah. always skewed. But I think he's having a, he is playing well in Roma. And I get it's different levels, but I would argue that he's doing all right in, in Italy. Yeah, yeah, no, I get that. But what I'm saying is if he, if, I wouldn't be worried about him. We need to be able to say, right, we, he's not right for the club. Again, it's similar-ish to Romelu Lukaku, right? Like, he's not right for the club. He doesn't want to be a move him on. Smalling... If we went into next season and someone said to me our starting centre-backs were Harry Maguire and Chris Smalling, I'd be worried. I would then say, no, that, that doesn't feel... I mean, just think of it. It doesn't feel solid. And if I, nah. But if I said to you, at Arsenal, they're starting centre-backs, I don't even know who they are now. Is it Skodran Mustafi and, and, it was, and Chris Smalling? I'd be like, you're having a laugh, mate. Crack on. I, I wouldn't be worried <laughs> about it at all. I wouldn't be such worried about the, it. Such are the Sylvester's about it, do you think? Maybe not well, quite that bad. I think he's. I think he's <laughs> solid. I, I like. I, I like Chris Smalling. I like him. So I just don't bad. Think he's, I just don't think he's 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 top tier. Right? He's not quality. He's not up there with that. Where I'm worried about him going to another club. Fair enough, John. Where, where, what's your take on it? Are you? Do you think Smalling going to Arsenal would that worry you, or do you think you're not bothered because he's not that good? Um, not too bothered by it. Uh, to be honest with you, like over the years on Full Time Devils, uh, one of the biggest hate that I've received over the years is my affection for Chris Smalling over Phil Jones. I still sit here and am still shocked that Phil Jones is here uh, as opposed to uh, Chris Smalling. Because I personally thought, I personally... Doesn't everyone agree with that? No, no. That was a universal opinion? No, you will be very surprised. I've had, you know... you know, I feel the pain in his voice. I don't don't mean to sidetrack, but I've had... A, an array of threats and, and abuse hurled <laughs> at me over the years on full-time doubles. But the most consistent threat I've had and the consistent abuse was about Chris Smalling. And all the while, I think that although Chris Smalling is, for me in my heart, uh, a little bit higher in terms of the, the, the quality of center back scale than Phil Jones, um, moving him on, I think Joshi had a spot on. I don't think he's somebody that that we'd be sulking about you know he wasn't fit for the, he wasn't fit for the project that we're trying to sort of create and draw up and you know if he goes to somewhere like arsenal so be it as much as i hate to say it it's, it's almost like danny welbeck situation i think he had a lot of problems <gasps> Wash your mouth you, out. You need to know who you're talking to when what, you, you know play what? <laughs> Fellas, DJ in this chat you and you're coming here talking you can, about Danny Welbeck. That guy Welbeck. <laughs> the greatest player you've ever seen. You can say that Chris Marlin's the best defender than uh, better defender than Phil Jones. But you dare besmirch the reputation of the greatest striker I've ever seen in my life. And me and you are going to fall out, Mr. Shin. Travel back like... I'll be coming over to the States. We'll be having words with you. I feel like it'd been the best ever. I feel like most of the abuse and threats you were getting were from not from people commenting underneath the videos. These are people in the videos with you. How <laughs> <laughs> Halson and, and that Listen, I, I spent I, I spent about <laughs> you had up all the hours I spent tweeting and angrily to people and making videos about Danny Welbeck. I could probably have built a fucking a car or something now with my spare time. Probably doing something constructive, got a degree or something. I've got four words for you. Danny (laughs) will come good. Thank you. There you go, yeah. The Daily Mail picked up on that, not with my permission, by the way. This is something I wrote called Danny will come good. Remember the penalty against Sunderland? You sent into the K-stand. I didn't join in with the jeering because I knew Danny will come good. The times people labelled you Bambi on ice, clumsy, gangly, shit. I ignored them <laughs> as I was certain Danny 
will come good. Through one-on-one against Bayern, your wheat chip didn't anger me. I just reminded myself, Danny will come good. The goal in the Burnhamau didn't surprise me, as I've always maintained. Danny will come good. Now you're off to the assholes in North London, already calling yourself a gunner. 16 million quid is a bargain, and it pains me because I'm positive Danny will come good. I'll stand, I'll stand by it. One day he'll come back to United. I wanted him instead of a Gallo, but thankfully I was, uh, I was overruled by people that know better. Um, just on quickly on this one. Sorry, I know we've done transfers, but this one's pops up again. Um, and I just wanted to get everyone's take on it quickly. Cuba Koulibaly, even, get his name right. Again, probably paper talk, but people are saying that maybe we could be back in for him. John, I'll start with you. Again, similar to Sancho. See it happening. Should we go for him? Because he's talking about 90 million quid for a 28, 29-year-old. Seems a lot. Mm, this is where I'm going to go. probably go back to the the OG, the OG John and say, I don't really know. I'm not sure about somebody like Koulibaly. I, don't, I think it's beating a dead horse. Somebody at 90 million throwing some... Thump, uh, I think um, it's around that mark, yeah, that, that yeah, he's being sourced at. Well, whatever, whatever the figure is, it just doesn't make sense to sign somebody like Koulibaly. You know, I mentioned, I was literally a few minutes ago, I was harping on about experience, but I think Koulibaly is not, not the right... You literally uh, said you would take anyone. So Okay, I did say that, but, <laughs> you 90 million, but 90 million for Koulibaly is, just doesn't feel comfortable with me. I would, I would, I would, I would take that money and, and look elsewhere into the, into the markets. I personally, I will forfeit myself. I will come out and I'll submit defeat. I'm not the biggest in terms of you know, footballing knowledge across the globe, uh, across the five leagues, and say that there's probably better targets. You guys can probably ask other people. You got, I'm sure these gentlemen here will probably find better answers for you. I'm sure Statman Dave, Stephen House, and these kind of people will probably give you better answers. But I just don't feel comfortable sitting here saying that $90 million is warranted for a, a signing. Uh, you know, it just, it just doesn't feel right that we're going to be throwing that much money on somebody like Hulabal. Again, and I have to add this caveat. As, as Paul was saying earlier, there's so much paper talk in a minute. There's so many rumours. You know, people... I've seen journalists tweeting, like, what would you like me to write about? We're at that level in a minute <laughs> where people are just dying for content. So, again, people will be going to comments, well, Killer Bally ain't going to happen. It's a story doing the rounds. It's, it, again, it's been doing the rounds a little while, so it's worth just commenting on. Paul... Well, sorry, go on, Josh. Do you think? I, mean, I think the principle of trying to strengthen the, the, the centre-back position, I think I'm all right with. The individual, yeah. you know, that's a different issue. But actually, I mean, I, I quite, I, I really like Axel Twanzebe. I, I really, in this situation, in this situation, I would say getting in a 90 million pound or whatever million pound centre-back would be a bit of a blocker, right? In that, in there, because you've got, you've got Lindelof, you've got Bayi, and then, and then you've got whoever this, let's say Koulibaly, Koulibaly, and then you've sort of got, all right, in Tuanzebi, and I don't think Tuanzebi, if we, if, if you compare like the Greenwood situation, it's different at centre-back, right? You don't, you don't want to have constant chop and change. You don't really get that opportunity to come in and force your way into the side as much as maybe up, up top um, because you want to try and build that partnership and understanding. So I, I would, yeah, I, you know, given his, in that specific situation, his age and the cost, I, I would be more inclined to say, well, spend that somewhere else in the side. Uh, and and I would, I just want to see Twan Zabi get a run, right? I, I really like him. Paul, you're from the Midlands. Um, and Twan Zabi, so uh, this is like, uh, you know, Sort of me trying to link the link this somehow. So he had a storm of Diddy at Villa, didn't he, last season? Yeah. And then uh, he's he's barely played, and it's such a disappointment because I actually thought he would be knocking on the door. Um, uh, we've not seen him, have we? Uh, if he hadn't been injured, he'd have been knocking on the door. I don't think we need any centre back. I just don't. I think um, we've got other much much bigger issues. Maguire has been a clear upgrade on what we had before. Some little tweaks to work out, but that's getting better in my opinion. Um, I don't think Maguire and Lindelof are uh, paired because they're too similar. Um, I think you almost have one of Maguire and Lindelof along, I don't mean as first choice, I mean across the season and the squad rotation, you want to be looking at one of Maguire and Lindelof and one of Baye and Twanzebe. Um because I, I think Eric Baye yeah. also got a lot to offer still. I mean, we'll, we'll see if he can keep himself fit without two-footing someone and breaking his own leg um, too too soon. But no, I, I like, Twanzebe is 
if he hadn't been injured, I think he'd have played loads and loads and loads of times this season. It's so frustrating because I love Eric Bailly. And, like, I, I'm with you. I think if he could stay fit, I mean, it's the massive if. I, I think him and Maguire would be a great centre-back pairing. Again, Suan Zabi, if he, if he was fit, I'd be happy to see him being given a chance alongside Harry Maguire because I think Harry Maguire is always going to be your first choice for most of the season purely because of the price you paid. Um, but it's just... We seem to have all these defenders who are 15, 16 game a season defenders or whatever. And we, you know, we're lacking other than Lindelof and Maguire, the, the players that can, can play throughout the season. Guys, it's been about 50 odd minutes already. We just breezed through that. There was other stuff we wanted to get into, but we won't. Um, just quickly, where can people find you? Josh, you're back, you're back with us, man. I feel like you've just been sort of resurrected for Easter. Yeah, where can, yeah, no. Where can people find you and what you're up to? Well, I'm back on back. Well, I, I I went back on Twitter onto my backup account, which is Medi. A few issues though, because it hadn't used it for a long time, so Twitter thinks I'm a bot. Um, you always have trouble <laughs> with Twitter. You you always up to some some shit on Twitter. Uh, or uh, yeah, or my Instagram Doc Joshy or one word. And yeah, no, I'm just going to be floating about now. We're all in this. Uh, not quarantine, but you know, in this kind of uh, physical distancing, try not to go out so much. So I'll be around and happy to be involved as much as possible. Also, it's worth adding, you know, Doc Joshy isn't like Doctor Dre. He's not just using a nickname, Doc. No. He is a doctor. <laughs> he does tweet a lot of good stuff, a lot of sage advice as well, and, and things that he's found. So do check that out on his on his social media posts in terms of what's happening with um, the virus and everything else. Um, Paul. The, the, the no question about that pod is it still going stronger what mate yeah we we roll on so what we're doing is we're um we're picked we do two shows a week we do a different classic game um and we watch it and analyze it and it's been so fun so so far we've done uh the 99 semi-final against arsenal the fa cup semi-final uh we the did replay. this yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. No, no, we no, did. The... We did. The, we, did the, we did the first one. We thought we'd be. I was about to say that's a, a bit weird. Dwight York was, was onside. Um, no. <laughs> um, yeah, the replay. Uh, we did the seven-one. Um, the Roma seven-one, and uh, we did the nineteen ninety-one Cup Winners' Cup final, which I'm oh, sure you remember, Jay. Absolute hey. blinder of a game. Like really, out of the out of those three, it's by far the most fun to watch. Um, surprisingly over over the 99 semi and then uh what we're doing we're recording it tonight i just watched it last night and this morning the 4-3 2003 real madrid game the ronaldo stunning ovation game that right. game of football like considering united won on the night but lost the tie as alex ferguson said i enjoyed that that was a football night um you know, absolute blinder of a game do you know what makes me laugh i seen someone tweeting with daylight i'm gonna watch the 99 final to cheer myself up and I thought, don't fucking bother. It was a terrible game of football. <laughs> it was awful. Over in the last two minutes, I thought, just fast forward, mate. Don't put yourself through it. Um, yeah, some of the classic, like the 96 FA Cup final, that was dire, but the result was great. But no, those games you mentioned, absolutely spot on. Good stuff. I'll be checking that out. And John, other than the Ashley Young fan club that you're running, what, uh, what else are you up to? Where can people find you? Uh, well, if you're looking for uh, just chat with me, hang out on uh, Twitter at Mr. John Shin. But uh, before we uh, sign off, if I ha if I may have the floor for a few minutes, I just want to thank I just want to thank people like uh, Doc and and Paul. You know, they both are in the healthcare field, and I think it's very important that we always take every second of whatever time you have to thank everybody right now that's fighting out in the front lines, fighting in the back line, wherever they are, because. Right now, we all need to be united. We all need to be working hard to try and protect each other. And, you know, Doc has been doing so much in terms of sharing the right information. I think that's very crucial, especially in, in, in an age of social media where everything's all over the place. Like people like me coming out and saying Ashley Young was better than <laughs> Angel Di Maria. I think it, I think the right information is very crucial. And somebody like Doc has been doing a wonderful job coming back, uh, raised from the dead, talking about the right things. And 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 just before we started the stream, I was I was sharing my my concerns with respect to the the fear and, and the paranoia surrounding all this pandemic and situations like that. And Paul did an he just literally he in two minutes he made me feel ten times better. So I think people in the healthcare field deserve all the love and respect. So if you guys out there, if you guys are watching, if you have anybody who's a nurse, doctor, EMT, even the grocers, the delivery men, every single person out there in the fighting in the front lines, you guys should go 
show them your word, show them your love and support because they all deserve that. But from two meters away, at least. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> See, this, is, my... this is what I'm talking about. This is what I'm talking about. <laughs> one of my best friends works at Asda, and someone said thank you for your service to him, and he hasn't been able oh. to get his head round. No, I used to work at Asda, and I never got that sort of reception. <laughs> He's got people shouting at me and moaning about where the where are the beans? Why have you moved him again? Um, listen, no, it's worth. I like what you said, John, and everyone on this um, podcast as well. They are on social media, and I like you guys. You're all engaged when people ask you questions, Paul and Josh. Here. You do reply to them. You don't just ignore them. You do. And if people have got questions or just want to chat, because we are all sort of stuck indoors. So if you want to chat, do get involved. Get involved in the discussion, the comments. Get involved on on Twitter as well, and on social media. We want to hear from you guys. We know we're all sort of desperate for a bit of communication. So let's you know let's keep that going because at Full Time Devils we are all in this together, like we are across the world. You know it's it's something that's affecting us all. Uh, guys, I've really enjoyed that. That that hour's flown by. So thanks. It's been like a, an old school reunion. Don't forget to hit like, share, and subscribe. Check us out on iTunes. I think we're on SoundCloud, Audio Boom, all that stuff. I've been Jay, that's been Paul, that's been Josh here, that's been John Shin, this has been Full Time Devils Podcast, thanks for watching. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, full work limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.